Seven guilty verdicts for Sam Bankman-Fried, Bitcoin ETFs in the future, and a happy recovery in crypto prices are all providing the blockchain world with much to discuss. After a couple weeks off, we're back to do the thing we do where we look at top stories and say whatever our brains tell us to say, and it'll be super interesting because, by the way, Travis is transitioning. More about that in this show. There's no filter. Just badness and banter about what's been going on in the crypto world and in our world on this bad news episode number 701 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Back to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. Joel Com here, Travis right there, still your Sir Lords, and with you from Puerto Rico, the beautiful island in the Caribbean. How you doing? Doing great, dude. Nice to see you again, good sir. You as well. Uh, we've uh, we had a couple weeks off, and people are like, are you guys done doing the show? Like, well, yeah, we, we hit 700 out. and we're like done. No, actually, we hit that 700th episode, and then we were waiting for SBF to get seven indictments, mm-hmm. and then and then so he did, and then we're like, okay, we can do the show again now that he is going to prison for a long time. Seven, the number of perfection. We'll tell you more about what's been going on in our world, but first, let's get to the news and tell you what's going on in the crypto world. <laughs> Timestamp November the 4th, 2023, 2.14 p.m. in the afternoon here in Puerto Rico. I know the show is coming out on Sunday, so it might be a little delayed on what you're going to hear here as far as the prices go. But the crypto market cap, according to CoinGecko, is currently $1.34 trillion. Bitcoin, $34,770. Ethereum, $1,838. BNB, $237. XRP, $0.61. Cents. Solana, $41. Damn, why did I sell mine? Uh, Cardano, $0.32. Cents. And Dogecoin, almost at $0.07. Cents. The crypto markets have taken a bounce back, Sir Lord Travis. You know what? And uh, one of the things that I am transitioning is I'm selling my home and moving back to the States. And this home, it's, the selling process has taken forever, dude, but I wanted to start selling it. Bitcoin was like at 16.8. When mm. I decided to sell it in, in January, I was like, dude, I thought this house was going to sell quickly. And I was like, I want to get some of that $16,000, $17,000 Bitcoin. Come on, sell this some bitch. And then process and this and that in Puerto Rico and and now Bitcoin's freaking 30, almost $35,000, dude. Like, I missed out on doubling of my money right there, which sucks. Uh, so, sorry about that. There are so some I, just, big- I, I just want to let y'all know, I want crypto to go, I want Bitcoin to go down, like, about 10 grand. I want to, I'd like to see 25K again so I can snag more of that. So I'm just trying we to say. interrupt this show, this broadcast, to slap Travis Rice in the head. Yeah. Because <laughs> the rest <laughs> of us are going, I mean, yes, I want you to have cheap Bitcoin, but... You know, if this is just the beginning of a bull run, that means that there are lots of opportunities. Remember, our previous high was 69,000, and uh, most people are expecting us to blow by into six figures. 
this time around. And so yeah. uh, we can analyze, you know, what's happening in that world and all of what's driving it. Uh, I thought maybe we'd take a look and just see who are the big winners right now. WeMix, don't know what it is, but it's up 66% this week. Pancake well, that's what, a, that's what a DJ does whenever they have a list, but they do a WeMix. Yeah, a WeMix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there's it, some other ones that's been popping too, man. It's been kind of cool. Pancake Swap, remember them from back in the day? I think as crypto goes, then all these channels are going to start kicking back up again. All the it's like we're going to see this, like, this is here we are, we're right at that beginning part of it, Joel, where it's like it goes from oh, it goes into Bitcoin, then Bitcoin will drop off a little bit, it'll go into altcoins, and then altcoins will, and then more back into Bitcoin. I so it seems to me probably we are well, we know we are about a little less than six months away from the having. So we're starting to see some some altcoin moving right here, which is pretty exciting. Well, it, so, you know, I guess I could give my amateur analysis right now. It just feels too soon to me. And I think it's being driven by um, the Grayscale ETF, which we'll talk about here in just a moment. The uh, The big news this week is Sam Bankman-Fried's trial. He has been found guilty on all seven counts of fraud and conspiracy in the trial. And uh, sentencing isn't going to take place until the end of March next year. But uh, he could spend a long time in prison, up to 115 years in prison, which uh, isn't as much as Ross Ulbricht, who has two life sentences. Oh, my God. Explain that That to me. That's such a crazy. That's a crazy parallel, Joel. I hadn't even thought of that until now. But I mean, when looking at this and seeing how this whole thing, you know, transcribed and it was like, I think if. Um, you know, CZ at Binance hadn't have pulled the move that he pulled on FTX and was like and got rid of a big percentage of his holdings of FTX. FTX probably wouldn't have collapsed like it has. Right. They do. They invested way too much money in mostly Democratic uh, Democrat candidates. They did some rhino candidates, but most the, millions and millions of dollars poured into it. That's why, quite frankly, I was so surprised to see that he got hit on all of them. Like I, I thought they were going to give him some sort of custom, like slap on the wrist. I'm really surprised that they threw the whole book at him like this, Joel. Well, uh, it was unanimous. The jury of uh, 12 New York jurors found him guilty in all seven charges. Interestingly enough, in this Coindesk article, it says the verdict was released on the first anniversary of Coindesk's original article that uh, that started the downfall of SBF. So happy anniversary, uh, Coindesk and SBF. Uh, it's going to take some time here before we know you know, what, uh, what's going to happen to him, but you know, he's not alone in all this, right? There's, there's a lot of criminals there at, uh, um, at FTX that knew what's going on. I'm not sure who else is being tried, um, mm-hmm. or convicted, but, uh, I know Car- uh, Carolyn Ellison was one. She pleaded guilty to charges and, uh, Do we know what she got uh, yet. Do we, well, she, they, they got guilty, but the, the charges or, or the sentencing that's all being delayed for all those folks. Right. I believe that that is true. 
So she, she turned, she turned on him like a scorned lover. And oh my God, when she got out of that vehicle, it looked like they were going to a witch coven. Like that is one ugly woman. And then she going in there all mad and scorny. Like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> SBF, you dirty bastard. Like, I mean, that it, it, it was crazy to kind of watch this thing go down. And now that the, uh, the smoke has settled, uh, maybe, you know, that's, this is what we need. We need this settled. We need some of these other things settled, right? So that way the, the market can just kind of take off. But it seems like some of these, you know, crypto exchanges, like there, there was some weird stuff that's happening with KuCoin. And so it's like, man, what are they just trying to one by one knock off these crypto exchanges? That to me is concerning. And we, we'll talk about that in, in another episode. So uh, an ancillary piece on this is claim pricing on FTX has gone up since uh, he was found guilty. How, do, how exactly does that work, right? Because you've got these creditors that all want their piece uh, to recoup their piece of the investment. And is that like an investment in and of itself? Well, it's almost like I had X amount of Bitcoin on there, right? I had right. X amount of whatever. I need to claim my stuff. But then also I look at this and I say, well, you know, FTX invested, Joel, they invested in all these startups, right? And and one of the big startups is Anthropic. It's worth over $500 billion now or something stupid. I don't, not $500 billion, but some stupid amount of money that they poured, $500 million, over a billion, I don't know. But it is, um, it's own, they own Claude.ai. Mm -hmm. Google put a bunch of money in. So I think maybe what the money that they put in is worth, uh, half a billion or something. I'm not sure, but I know they put in a lot of money on a lot of different projects. And so that's what I think is going to be interesting. All of these people who have claims against FTX and FTX owns all these assets and stocks and all these other companies, how are those going to be divided? I think that's what's going to be determined later on. I don't think they haven't figured it out yet, but there's so many startups they invested in and so many, you know, shitcoin projects that some of them are going to hit probably. Well, uh, remains to be seen. Here's what really triggered the last Bitcoin run while we were away. Um, you know, it happened and it's Grayscale's Bitcoin Trust ETF. Uh, the anticipation of this has uh, caused the market to go, oh, this is closer and closer to actually going mainstream, which we all knew was coming. And there's been no sign of slowing. And just because the SEC has been slow to approve these ETFs doesn't mean they're not coming. We know they're coming. Mm -hmm. And so the uh, GBTC is the security that is Grayscale's Bitcoin Trust. It tripled in price this year so far from $8.20 to nearly $27. So people are investing in the fact that they know that this is coming, bringing the price of Bitcoin in its wake. And there's more applications that are on the way. You know, BlackRock, of course, is going to be involved. And I'm sure that there are others that are in the queue if the SEC will just approve these. When that happens, dude, when that happens... The FOMO will be real. This is just beginning. And, and by the way, Trav, Bitcoin just had its uh, 15th anniversary. And so it's taken 15 years to get to this point. But uh, we are on the cusp of mainstream, the very beginning of mainstream adoption. Yeah. So say you invested in GBTC uh, early on, right, mm -hmm. at $8.20, and then it tripled. Dude, yeah. like... That so you could essentially invest in this Bitcoin trust 
for a small amount. Right now you can do it. I don't think it's right around 27, 28 bucks, whatever it is at this very minute. And how crazy is that to be able to go in and say, all right, I want to invest in this. And now if Bitcoin hits 100,000, 200,000, like this might be a way for some people to uh, to get in on some of the action because the price is so low. You invested $8.20 and now it's worth $26. Wow, you just tripled your money. And so I, I am concerned though about more people, maybe the, the mainstream investors putting money and stuff like that where it's not Bitcoin. They don't actually own Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. They own a stock derivative type of a thing off a security derivative of it, right? So it's just it's just kind of weird. But my God, when you're looking at the profits that people are able to get off of that and more and more people start creating these types of things where you can invest in that as the price of Bitcoin goes, that thing goes up. And it maybe has the more Bitcoin that they own. You know, that's, that's what's weird is it's not like MicroStrategy who owns a hundred and some odd thousand, almost 200,000 Bitcoin now at this point, right? Nearly 1% of all Bitcoin. They don't have an ETF, right? It's almost like if you've got 1% of it and you're holding a whole huge chunk, then maybe you it, it, sh it should be leveraged off of some existing assets. I don't even know what Grayscale's Bitcoin trust is. What, what is the assets that's backing it? Is it just, hey, we say so. Yeah, so well, in this. I certainly don't trust them myself. Crazy. And I'm wondering, you know, as we talk about um, ETF, uh, how much gold and silver has been traded on paper, how are they going to pull shenanigans here? I think it's going to be way more difficult with Bitcoin to do so because we know the exact supply, unlike gold and silver, right? And if somebody wants to say, hey, I want my Bitcoin in my own wallet, um, that you you have to be able to transfer it to your own wallet, and so these uh, these companies that are issuing these ETFs, how do they not get caught with their shorts down in case of a call? Because there's only so much they can only have so much Bitcoin. Well, I think that's what the thing is: is that it's a people are buying GBTC. They're not buying Bitcoin. They're buying GBTC. And so basically that is, they're going to call that and they're going to convert that into fiat money and send you the fiat money. You're not going to be able to call it and get your Bitcoin. That's not how that works, right? I wonder how, I wonder how people are going to feel about that. Will it move with, you know, as Bitcoin goes up, are people going to be expecting GPTC to move with it? I don't know. I'm, I'm a, well, it has. It's been going mostly up. If you look at the, you know, if you go in there on that investing.com website, you type in GBTC, it's right now it's at $27.05, which is interesting because it looks like GBTC actually does only trade during trading hours, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Which is, which is one of those things. So it's like it did a little thing, dropped very little, went back. It's, it's very, it seems like it's lifting up, staying for a while, lifting up. So imagine I don't know. this, Trav. Imagine your client and they, they are selling you on, you know, Bitcoin and then uh, Bitcoin soars and you're like, hey, I heard that I can get this in my own wallet. Well, well, you don't actually have Bitcoin. We can't, you can't actually. I don't think they're even selling it as you actually have Bitcoin. You have the, the ETF of it. It's not. You got the GBTC and then you can just sell that back to dollars. So I think that there's lots of profits to be made here with that as long as you get out at the right time, most likely. But I mean, I would look at this and I would say, yeah, you know that there's what? I don't, I never remember which one it is. I know that gold and silver, one of them has 250 times more paper right. and the well, other one has 500 times more. I don't remember which one's which, um, but if they start doing that with Bitcoin, this GBTC and start propping it up, like 
it's going to be weird to watch, but I know there's going to be a lot of profits to be made. It's just a little risky because I don't know when I would when you'd want to pull out. But it's always good to pull out. Just as a good general right rule. Right before you nut. Yeah, yeah, right before it nuts. <laughs> so, you know, as one would expect, a lot of predictions about where Bitcoin is going to go. And uh, this matrix port has said 45,000 within two months. So by the end of the year. And then there are those that are looking at where this is going for all time high. And they're saying after the halving, uh, $250,000. I mean, that would yeah. be, what is that? A five, uh, a four point something X over the previous high. Mm. I'm seeing anywhere between 200 and 250,000 is what a lot of people are saying. Um, but if we look at previous ones, like it, I mean, whenever we had the previous high was what 20,000. And then the next se section's high was like 69,000. So I was like 3.5 X that. So I, that's what I look at is like, okay, well, based on that and this 3.5 X, like before the all time high over here was like, what? I don't even remember what it was. It was like, I don't even remember what the previous high was before 20,000. <clears> I think the previous high was right around 1500 or something. Well, right and here, you can see, here's all uh, of the cycles on this having cycles theory that shows you all four years. And, you know, it's hard to dispute with these trends and this is something that you know we've not swayed from from the beginning it's like you have to look at the the macro trend lines the having is something that is baked in and every time this happens because the amount of bitcoin being you know pulled from every block goes down the cost to mine go up the value has to increase and it invariably does now throw in that mix mainstream adoption. You know, Trev, we've been at this for six and a half years now talking about this day that is coming, right? We are at the very tail of early adoption. We're about to cross over on that technology adoption curve to the very beginning of mainstream adoption for Bitcoin. And that is where we're going to see the true multiples, I believe. Yeah. Well, then and then you start seeing, you know, the, the Satoshi becoming more of a we're going to be start talking about the value of the Satoshis. Right. Because there's what, 100 million Satoshis in every Bitcoin. Right. So that we're going to start seeing the value of those. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more projects that sort of like Fountain. Right. How you can listen to Fountain, uh, the, the podcast player and earn Satoshis by listening. I think more models like that are going to start popping up. And then maybe we start leaving more shit coins kind of in the dust. There'll be some shit coins that are OK, but I think there'll be mostly, you know, more projects leaning on and building on to to uh, so you can earn Satoshis from doing actions. I think that's I think that's going to be a really interesting part. By the way, if you guys aren't listening to the show on Fountain.fm, you can go do that. You're not earning any Satoshis listening to us on iTunes or iHeartRadio or Spotify or Google Play. You're not earning any Satoshis. You can listen to this very same show. Download the Fountain.fm app. Find the show there, and you earn Satoshis. And if you want to, you can tip us sats there, too. But you don't have to. We're happy to give you this content for free, and you can earn Satoshis. Well, why not? Why wouldn't Just the chip. It's not bad. Yeah, it's a great solution. And I think we're going to start seeing more and more of that as this space sort of builds out. And I'm excited to see this next 
you know, bull run to see what people have been building. Cause you know, there's been people and there's been projects that you've not heard a lot from, but they've been busy working and building and doing stuff. And that's, what's going to be exciting. And as we grow into our, you know, we just passed our 700th episode. This is number 701. So 700 to 800. Um, this is probably going to be the bull run, right? And part of the bull run is going to be in these next 100 episodes. We're going to have a lot of fun uh, during these next shows, this next year and a half or so a lot of fun as we're together on this bull run yeah and what i would say right now joel is that really the bull run typically so the halving is going to happen in like april may Mm -hmm. right and then what's always happened historically is we see the end of that bull run really reach its precipice in like november december of that next year right so it's normally about 18 of 25 25 it would be the same year. Nope, it would be 2025. Because if you think about it, um, uh, oh, you're right. You're right. 21 is when it. Was 2017 going. was a little bit weird because the bull run sort of started low, and it was like eh. bull run started when Bitcoin was like 500, 600 bucks, and then it kind of was going, uh, and then it hit that port where ba boom and went up, and then where did it do? It tanked in January 2018, right? Well, this last bull run. It tanked in 2022, December of 2022. So it would seem to me, or 2021, it actually crashed, uh, started to hit the peak, and then then it went out. So, but the but the having was in 2020, right? So we'll just kind of keep an eye on it. We'll keep you posted on what we think. We're not obviously the be all end all of any of this. A lot of this stuff is guesses, just like you. But we pay a lot of attention to this stuff and watch it. And I know me personally, I'm probably going to be looking to get out or at least, you know, solidify some of the assets. But then again, this last bull run, Joel, I thought was going to be so, I was like, dude, the economy's tanking globally, but it's going to, it's going to roll, dude. And then all of a sudden, eh, boom, and he just fell off the cliff. And it was like, that is so weird. It didn't seem like it was time for it to fall off the cliff, but it well, did. So, it was the hype, the hype, it, it, it was very reminiscent of 2017, 18. The hype was off the mm-hmm. charts. Every, and when everybody starts saying it's going to go higher, when everybody starts saying that, right? That's the time and to sell. There's no skeptics left. That is right. the time to get out. And the yeah. uh, the road on crypto and NFTs for me is is just absolutely paved with so much, so many mistakes, right? And you'd think after being in this for so many years that you know I would have learned, but I, now I know what to watch for, yeah. and not getting caught up emotionally in uh these markets is so important just live your life first of all it's only money right uh and you know if you got your health you're you're rich and if you got you know friends and family and people who love you and you get you know you got something in your life that drives you and you're passionate you're you're wealthy um you know money's not going to fix that if you don't have those things it just help you pay your bills so perspective i think is super important um but learning some lessons along the way here is is not a bad thing to do and i think that you know hopefully we're a little wiser and this next time around uh you know when the mindset is oh i'm gonna hold on a little longer before i sell my strategy has always been peel off a little bit right if it's going up and you don't want to sell at all but you want to take some profits it never hurts to take some money off the table peel off a little bit here's the thing trav as the dollar continues to, you know, lose value, then you got to ask, well, what's the point of converting it into USD unless you need it to pay for something? 
if the dollar is just going to continue to be inflated and and uh, be worth less and less every year. Yeah, and then more and more countries are doing the BRICS model where they don't even really need the dollar to buy oil. So uh, that's been one of my thoughts is I've never really liked the dollar. I'm like, once I understood fiat currency back in the year July of 2000, of the year 2000, is when I understood how paper money worked. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wow. And then I correlated that with the tech crash that had just happened with the tech bubble. I'm going, wait a second, is paper money thing? So I just never trusted it, right? I've never trusted. And I think that that inherent lack of trust has been a problem in some of my you know, financial decisions because I like crypto probably way more. I'm like, no, I don't want to switch it to fiat money. I don't like fiat money. Uh, <clears throat> I like the feel. I like gold, though. Gold is nice. So you have trust maybe- issues. I do have some I have some financial trust issues, but I tell you what, it's it's all been good. Look what it's done so far uh, for our lives. You know, moved here to Puerto Rico. You got a whole great fan, but you got a whole great uh, tribe there where you're at. I moved to a little different area um, up a little bit north, which I love this house. But my kids need me back in Kansas City. So I'm going to head back. All right, we'll we'll talk about that more in a second. Let's let's uh, get through the rest of this news, uh, because while. Things are going well for us. The founders of Safe Moon not having a good day. Uh, right, remember, yeah. remember that shit coin, Safe Moon? Everybody's right. like, Safe Moon going to the moon. Turns out the founders have been indicted for fraud, diverting That's investor that. funds. Uh, you know, like that never happens. Securities fraud. Boy, you, how do you trust any of these projects? You know, especially when there's so much hype around them. Right. Well, that's it. They get that. They, everybody gets that sort of tribal nft mentality like oh yeah this is going to be the hugest one the bean coin this is the best it's going right it's going like uh i i didn't even i looked at safe moon i was like yeah no i'm not doesn't look safe the indictment alleges you know what if they call it safe it's probably not (laughs) yeah you can trust us the indictment alleges the defendants falsely claimed that locked safe moon liquidity pools prevented insider rug pools and that the pools would not benefit developers but in reality, the DOJ says defendants allegedly retain access to divert funds for personal gain, yada, yada, yada. Theft is what they're, you know, alluding mm-hmm. to here. And, and now with that FTX thing, they're going to look at any project. They're going to see, did you have access to funds that was customer funds that you shouldn't have? They're going to try to put the hammer down anyone, anytime that they can. You know what I'm saying? And the SEC is going after PayPal. PayPal has their own stablecoin, PYUSD, uh, which would allow them to adopt cryptos uh, for payments and transfers. And so they issued their own stablecoin. Uh, Back SEC. in August, like not even that long ago. Yeah. The SEC is saying, whoa, ho, 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 hang on here. Uh, we, we're going to ask you some questions about this. And PayPal being as big as they are, they'll probably be able to overcome this and come to some sort of settlement with the uh, with the SEC. But I'll tell you, our Securities and Exchange Commission uh, has not been friendly towards crypto at all. Not at all. Yeah, not since this new dude's in there. Yeah, Gary no, Gensler no, needs I like that guy at all. Go. He could eat a whole big bag of them. Uh, piece of so, news, Trav. A bushel. How a much bushel is that? That's a lot of digs. A, a lot. bushel of digs would be a lot. Uh, not a crypto story at all, but you know, you and I, uh, both huge fans of the Beatles' career, both individually and corporately, and a new song, a new song in 2023. Who expected? 
you know, I think the last song they released was in 1995 when they did free as a bird, you know, with audio from, from John, uh, they re they recorded it, you know, before, and there's a great documentary on YouTube, 12 minutes that talks about now. And then the song is now out on uh, the remaining Beatles, both uh, Paul and Ringo, you know, recorded with, um, guitars from George and vocals from John. It's a beautiful song. It, it, I, I have to admit listening to now and then made me a little, um, misty. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. You know, what's really, I, I found it interesting because I was playing around with AI creating a new Beatles album and the Beatles album I came up with was like called like throughout time uh -huh. or something. It was like time, uh, it, it was very similar to now and then, which is weird. When I saw that, I was like, Whoa, wait, what's going on. And so this is a song that, all of the Beatles or that John had wrote and played around on his home. He had his own uh, on its own uh, recording track, a cassette. Yoko gave it to the remaining three Beatles in 1994. And whenever they went in and they did real love and when they did free as a bird, they also began working on this one. And George laid down a track, a bass, or a, he laid down a guitar solo to it, but they just couldn't really get it to sound good because the piano was over. Uh, it was it was just too much for John's voice. But then with AI, they were able to say, nope, remove the piano, clean up John's voice, boom. And so they used AI to augment him. It's not a it's not an AI track per se, but they used AI to basically clean up John's voice. So then, and then they also had already had George's, uh, you know, guitar solo on there. So then uh, John, uh, uh, Paul calls up Ringo and is like, hey, would you like to finish up this track uh, now and then? And Ringo's like, hell yeah, man, let's go. And so how cool is that? In 2023, we got a new Beatles song. And then you also mentioned, uh, I haven't checked it out yet, but the Rolling Stones have a new album. This, the very this same week. This was not on my bingo card. That, this yeah. was not on my bingo card at all. For, right uh, for 2023 that we would have a f the last Beatles song right I thought we were done I thought 1995 that was it those were the last yeah. we got a new Beatles song and the Rolling Stones have released a new album called Hackney Diamonds I've listened to about half of it and you know what it's it's pretty good I'm blown away Mick Jagger is 80 years old and if you listen to his voice you could tell you know what might be in production but you could also tell tonally what is legit he sounds yeah. i mean look he never had a great voice to begin with so he didn't have a lot to lose but uh, for rock and roll it's good and he's they've got some yeah. guests on there they've got elton on there paul mccartney's on there lady gaga's on a beautiful song that kind of reminds me of the slower stuff they did like angie or wild horses it's got this mm -hmm. gospely feel uh to it I'm, Jay. I'm, Jay. I'm just i'm blown away that these guys are still producing new music and it's they've done worse like i've heard some stone stuff that's like why would you ever release that and this is <laughs> if this is it if this is in then they're going out with uh with the winner and i'm not it is it. interesting because they don't they don't have their drummer anymore right charlie he's passed away no more charlie watts and uh but i mean whenever uh brian jones passed away or was drowned or whatever nefarious thing happened way back in the day there's some weird conspiracy about brian jones's mm -hmm. passing that makes you go wait a second what happened there but uh 
Rolling Stones. You know what's so cool? And I, I'll say this is something that's like, you know, as a parent, you always want to give your kids great experiences in life, right? And so I took both of my kids and my mom and brother to go see Sir Paul McCartney in a concert. We had great seats. It was spectacular. And I took my son and my daughter to go see the Rolling Stones in Arrowhead a few years back. So, dude, like my kids have seen part of the Beatles and the Stones when they get older and they're like, yeah, I saw the Stones live. Like, no, you didn't. Like, yeah, I did. Like, that's that's fun. And then you just got back from an awesome life experience with so one of your kids. This, um, this is real. So this, uh, that that's all the news. But for the fans, you guys, you know, want to know what's been going on with us while there's, why there's fewer shows. There's not been a nifty show in months. There's not been a bad AI show. There's just been a lot of transitioning taking place here. And of course, you know, Sir Lord Travis is going to be known as uh, Lady Tracy soon because he's transitioning. Is that right? That not correct? Yeah, yeah I'm transitioning back to the U.S. Okay, so not that kind of transitioning. The other kind I'm of keeping my penis, <laughs> keeping my persona, and your balls. You gonna keep your balls? balls? Okay, that's good to know. So, <laughs> so anyway, I was set to travel to Israel of all places yeah. on October seventh. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, anybody who's paying attention knows that October 7th was the day that the scumbags um, did what they did with the terrorist attacks in Israel. And uh, you were flying there that day. We were supposed to fly out to Madrid the evening of the 7th and then from Madrid to Tel Aviv on the 8th. And I'm wow. gonna, I, I so luckily they did that the day they did it then instead of when you were there, huh? Yeah. Shit. I told Aaron, I said, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if we're going to make it to Israel, but we have our bags packed and we have a plane to Madrid. And here it was supposed to be Israel and Jordan for 10 days on a private tour. And then meeting my daughter and my mom uh, in Cairo, Egypt for 10 days in Egypt. I'm like, I know we can go to Egypt. Egypt's going to be fine, but we got to get overseas and figure out what we're going to do in between. So we flew to Madrid and on the fly, I'm like, I find out, read the news, don't go to Israel. So I'm like, all right, great. So where are we going to go? We spent three days in Bilbao, Spain, which was amazing. And then, you know, trying to figure out now, where are we going to go to Greece? We're going to stay in Spain. We want to go to France before we get, what do we want to do? And uh, with the help of a great travel agent, we decided to spend eight days in Istanbul, Turkey, which I know you've been to. And uh, amazing city, stayed in a couple different places there. And what you want to talk about inflation, Trav, their inflation over the past two years in Turkey has been 300%. Their mm. people are hurting um, yeah. badly over there. And uh, it's like I see. How's the conversion the from the U.S. dollar to the lira? Yeah, well, I mean, it's great. The dollar goes a long way over there. Yeah. You know, it's like 27 to 1 or something ridiculous like That's that. even more than when I was there last December. Yeah, yeah. That, because it's that's probably November. gone up another 100% yeah. in a year. Wow. And, uh, and I then, recall it being like 15 maybe or 14. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then wow. we uh, made our way to Egypt, and I finally seen the you know great pyramids of Giza. And Did uh, you get to go in one of them? Uh, would they, you know, our guide said these he said don't bother going in these there's nothing to see we went inside the uh, uh saqqara which is the first pyramid and you can you know there's tombs in there still and in altars and you could see some crazy mm -hmm. stuff so we went in several pyramids but he was like you know really i wouldn't bother going in you're just gonna be you know 
dealing with a lot of people going back and forth and there's nothing to see inside of them. So well, the, the great pyramid though. I mean, when you, I've done a lot of esoteric studies on that. I'm pretty certain that that was a giant electricity sort of generating thing of some sort. There was something, there's some stuff going on the way that that thing was set up. So there was never really any sarcophagus in there. Allegedly it's yeah. always been some sort of, was you know graham hancock's got these specials and we talked to our guides a lot what do you think of this what do you think of that and you know he's like well you know nobody here's knows what i would say about that is the guides nobody in egypt will say anything beyond the world is six thousand years old anything before that it's it's an impossibility you won't hear any archaeologist or egyptologist talk about anything like the sphinx is potentially 12, 15,000. No, no, of course not. No, because it doesn't map match up with Islam or something. Right. Well, so you, they, can't, you can't they can't know. I mean, it's ridiculous. We went to the this museum and unfortunately, the brand new Egyptian museum, which looks amazing from the outside, is still like a month or so from being open. Ah. But we did see we did go to one of the other new museums, the Civilization Museum, where they have this incredible display of kings and queen mummies. And like those I've ever seen before. I mean, some of them ah, thirty five hundred years old with braids in their hair still with teeth wow. better than some of the people i've run to on the street here you know on uh, major u.s cities it's just it's incredible and then they got this one skeleton they're like this is thirty-five thousand years old and i'm like have you guys not read about the flaws in carbon dating like they pass off this stuff as fact when it's just theory and uh, I'm still I'm a young earth guy. I just I'm not convinced that they can just throw in millions of years and say that humans were here because I look at the the ingenuity of what these people created. Right. These Egyptians, they were smart mofos. They created amazing stuff and technology. And you're telling me that for two million years before that, humans were dumb and they couldn't figure out how to. Now, there's just there has been too many cataclysms, bro. I mean, if you if you zoom out zoom out of from the satellite photo of Africa, you can literally see where just some huge tsunami just ran over that Western, that Northwestern part mm -hmm. of Africa. That's where Atlantis used to be. And you can see that eye of the Sahara. I I've gone down a big rabbit hole on that. So that basically, and that huge tsunami just wiped out everything. So that big flood, you know, well, how long ago was the greater, the, the lower dais or whenever that big, 12,000 years ago, anything that happened before that, a lot of that's returned back to the earth. There's no way of even seeing what's even happened. They don't, they can't know. Glaciers can wipe out civilizations, water, they can just wipe them out and then you don't even know they existed. So they can't know. It's all that's a mystery, why, brother. That's why it's all a mystery. These are so crazy. Anyway, it was an amazing trip. Um, the air quality in Cairo was very poor. And How's the so drivers? Uh, the driving is crazy. They're actually, you know, they say it's crazy, but I think that they're actually more skilled than uh, than we are in the West because they're able to deal with the crazy and not run each other down. If you're walking across the street, they will stop. They will not hit you. Like if those cars coming at you, they will stop for you. They have learned like you don't hit anybody. You just you just don't do it. And yes, I'm sure accidents happen. But actually, you know, after observing them for a little bit and being a little frightened, I'm like, you know what? I think they're actually more skilled because they can drive in this environment where it is less 
constrained they drive down the middle of the road like they just make their own lanes and somehow <laughs> it yeah. works and it's always beep 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 beep, oh beep. sometimes yeah. they're that india and bali these some of these drivers they got some crazy skills because they got to deal with things that we didn't have to deal with and it's, it's like true. We, we got this homogenized oh here's the red light oh don't drive slow in the fast lane like we have mm -hmm. these general rules like when those things get thrown out which a lot of that's thrown out here in puerto rico driving like puerto rico driving is can infuriate you for sure and it's like you know man people around the world they got different skills and that's it, awesome i'm not that's one of the countries i've not been to yet so you went to cairo and then you went to the pyramids and then where's is any other spots in that up in there See, just, how was the nile Nile was beautiful. We did a, uh, a four night, a three night, three night river cruise on the Nile. Oh, really, you don't get to cruise too much of it. You pretty much go from Aswan to Luxor. Um, and okay. it's, it's not a huge area that they actually do it, but it's amazing. You know, it's, it's Egypt. Yeah. I recommend. How many days would you, you recommend know. to go? If I, if somebody was going to go to Egypt, how many days you need, you think? It depends. Um, like we didn't go to Alexandria. So if you want to do Alexandria too, then you need more time. And we took it a little more leisurely than some would because I don't like my vacations to be rush, 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 and try and fit everything in. You know, I right. want to go see some stuff and I want to relax. I want to enjoy the pool. I want to go eat. I want to chill. I want it to feel like a vacation. And even with that, we were there for 10 days um, and right. didn't see Alexandria. So, right. you know, I, I would say... Uh, minimum of uh eight days and you could probably do two weeks if you're going to do alexandria as well was you ever concerned about because if you look at the map you can see that gaza and israel they, they yeah. butt up right to egypt not even I know a little, that, not even not a little because i know they put a bunch of uh, egypt put a bunch of tanks on that border saying no yeah. no no nobody's coming over uh there was high security in cairo um and there's like at all the hotels there's dogs sniffing you know as your as people are pulling in getting dropped oh, yeah, off making every, sure you don't have bombs on you every so, yeah. tourist site that we went to there was security it felt very safe and uh, egyptians love um, americans and they were very nice people very helpful ha had no issues whatsoever felt very safe there so, yeah. in fact, the uh, the guide was like, hey, you know, at the end, would you make a quick video telling people? Because the cruise that we were on, this is just extra banter for you guys. The cruise that we were on, um, there's so many people canceling. They had only 35 percent occupancy on the new one because half of the people canceled because Egypt was so close to Israel and right. Gaza. And they're like, we're on the Nile here. This is not. It is totally safe here, but people get frightened, and I refuse. I'm like, yeah, clearly don't go to Israel. There's very real reasons. To not were you able to go to Petra? You weren't able to but go to Petra? We didn't go, no, we didn't go to Jordan. We cut Man, out. What a shitty, that's a bummer deal. That pet, Petra is unbelievably beautiful. Yeah. So hopefully you'll be able to do that in the future. And you've just convinced me to go to uh, Egypt because I've been watching some stuff and doing some things. I'm like, I need, I need to go there. And let's go to the moon before. <laughs> oh, one more thing. Uh, maybe you noticed at the beginning of the show the traditional music, but maybe with an updated feel to it. That's because the, both the start and the ending music, even though we've owned a license to use those tracks from the very first time we did the show youtube still dings us and demonetizes the video somebody bought that somebody bought the company who had created all of those tracks and then they went in and claimed all the tracks so they Which can is, 
make advertising off of it. So we've, we've basically never made any advertising dollars off of anything on YouTube ever because it's always been dinged. Which we've not uh, one reason why we've never pursued YouTube besides screw Google. It's there, but you could also go, you know, watch the show if you want to see our faces and the stories on both Rumble and Odyssey TV. But we had somebody uh, do cover versions of the songs. So if it sounds familiar, but a little new, that's because we know how to stay back. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.